0: The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Well, how many of you knew I was preaching because you walked in and there were props? You guys know I love my props. What I really wanted to bring was, you remember last time I spoke, I talked about, I, I tried to kind of recreate the our front porch. You know, Faye sang that banana bread song and I played that video and I was trying to kind of recreate that up here and brought those dingy old port patio chairs. Do you remember that? And, uh, and then I sat down, then I stood over there while we watched the video and I realized those weren't even the chairs that we had when, we, when that video was filmed. Like here I brought these dingy gross chairs. Up here, and it didn't even recreate anything. But uh, I, you know, but then for Mother's Day, Sean and the girls knocked it out of the park. They got me these super cute chairs. And I was trying so hard to find a reason to bring those chairs up here this morning, and I couldn't come up with anything. So, uh anyway, he d he knocked you out of the park. But um <clears throat> but I love those chairs. He got me these chairs for Mother's Day. And um, but then Mother's Day afternoon we left. We went down to my sister's in Kansas City and we hung out with them for a couple of days, and they had this chair in their backyard. And I was like, what is this chair? It was like this hammock chair chair but kind of like a hammock, but kind of like a chair, but a little more like a hammock, but still like a chair. Like, I don't even know what it's called, but I have, I think I have a picture of it. Yes, I have a picture of it, which this is not a very accurate representation of the afternoon because once I saw this chair and sat in this chair, I didn't get out of this chair for a really long time, but nobody takes pictures of moms, So I did get a picture of Sean in it and see, it's like a hammock, but a chair, but like a hammock, but like a chair, right? Is that how you describe it? And I sat in that chair for a really long time. And my sister, you know, she came out, she moved her chair out and sat by me. And I just was going on and on about this chair to the point where like my kids were coming up and they were like, can I sit in the chair? And I'm like, no, this is where I, I live here now. And uh, so I'm sitting in this chair and my, I'm talking to my sister and she said, well, you know, our neighbor was just getting rid of it one day and like walked up to me and was like, do you want this chair? And she was like, sure. And she's like, we honestly don't even use it. And I was like, you don't use this chair, this gift. This is the most amazing gift, and you're not even using it. And I really wanted to be like, it'll fit in my van. I could bring it home, but I didn't. I didn't. Um, I, yeah, I didn't. But, but here, here's this amazing gift that they had been given, and they didn't even use it. And I thought about that. I know. I thought about that as we're talking about, you know, we're in the middle of this ancient paths series, right? From the the verse from Jeremiah that says, uh, Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your soul. So we're looking back at these ancient paths, adding spiritual disciplines to our lives. And it's so ironic to me that we have to talk, what I'm talking about today is the gift of rest, this amazing gift that we've been given that we just, like, don't even use. We don't even take advantage of it. And it's such an interesting thing that it's, that it's a gift, and yet we have to discipline ourselves to practice it. Um, you know, we, Sean, kind of lumped all the different, um, the different disciplines together, and these were all under retreat, okay? So the retreat disciplines are rest, Sabbath, and celebration and and it's it's just so ironic because the the gift of rest is such a restorative gift, right? It revitalizes us, it rejuvenates our soul, so why is it so hard? Like why do we actually have to discipline ourselves to do it? So first of all, I wanna remind us what the Bible says about rest, okay? We first see rest mentioned in the Bible after God has just created the entire universe, the sun, the moon, the stars, the animals, the plants, um, the humans, and he looks at everything he's created and he's like, that is good. Now I'm going to take a nap, right? We see God works, 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 and then he rests, And then when, you know, um, Adam and Eve, they they fall into sin, they make this bad decision, they are um, separated from God, and um, in order to, um, you know, hundreds of years later, God sends Jesus to pay the penalty for that death, but in the meantime, he gives Uh, the 10 commandments and the law for God's people to follow in order to keep in right standing with him. And so God modeled rest, but then in the 10 commandments, he's like of the, these are the top 10 guys, top 10 most important things. And one of them is, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then when he came to the law, so you've got God demonstrates it, you've got the 10 commandments, and then you have the rest of the rules, like all the rules. Like, I'm so glad. How many of you are like, I'm so glad we're reading the New Testament on you version this year because I can't with all of those rules. Um, but in Leviticus, he, he says, not only should you work six days and then you should rest, but you should do that for the land as well. Like you can farm the land. The land is gonna work really hard for those six years and then the seventh year, you rest. And so we see this this theme of rest kind of sprinkled all or interwoven all throughout the Old Testament. And then Jesus comes to earth and we see multiple times um, where he retreats, where he is in the middle of the busyness of healing people and discipling disciples and he steps away to go meet with God, right? Right? We see him do this. We see he's in a, a boat with his disciples when he calms the storm, and what's he doing right before the storm? He's resting, because he knows the value of rest. Um, so, but then he offers us this invitation, and this is where I want us to kind of sit on this theme of rest, and when we say it's a gift, because Jesus offers us this invitation to rest. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's good, right? That's a good one, but why is it so hard? Like, why is it so hard? Why do we have to discipline ourselves to do this? Well, I think that um, we've, we've bought into a culture or created a culture, I don't know, that believes the lie that says, uh, my value is based on what I know, how I perform, and what I can produce. That's the culture that we live in. And so um, our, my, I, my identity is found in those three things. And so God has given us some gifts like work, okay? How many of you know work is a blessing? The ability, the physical ability to work, the, um, the uh, ability to provide for our families, like that's like a, a blessing. But if our identity and our value is wrapped up in it, then it can become something unhealthy, right? If my value is based on... Uh, If my value is based on how well I perform and my productivity, then sometimes we get to the point where we're like, I can't stop. Because if I stop, my productivity drops and thus my value drops. And so then it's become uh, an unhealthy thing. Or um, another gift that God has given us is family. What a blessing it is to call people family, right? To live in community with those that are closest to us um, is a huge blessing, But again, uh, sometimes our value and our identity is wrapped up in, again, how we perform. So some of us have have, um, developed or or somehow been given these roles that maybe you're the, I'm the responsible one in my family. and When anybody needs something, I'm the one that's there. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going to drop everything I can and take care of somebody else, which again, there are time, there's a time and place for that. That's why God gave us family, but we can elevate it to a certain level that says, well, I can't stop doing that because then my value in the family drops. If I'm not that person anymore, then who am I? And so that can become an unhealthy thing. And both of these uh, prevent us from stopping to rest, right? And then when we fall into that trap, then we just develop this lifestyle that's just generally busy, right? We just, we scurry around whether it's work, whether it's family responsibilities. What? Oh, sorry, this says family. Yeah. Um, okay, and so we develop just this overall general busyness. And how many of you know that this is a spiral that prevents us from rest? I would say this week, this is a spiral that I, can get, I got into that has prevented me from rest. And so, um, again, God, uh, God has given us these blessings, but they become, um, if, if it becomes who we are and our identity, identity is found in it, then it becomes unhealthy and it becomes harder for us to step back. And you know, as if our, our jobs and, and our family responsibilities and our overall busy schedule isn't enough, remember sometimes um, in our culture we have found or we, we live in a culture where um, what I, my value is based on what I, how I perform and produce, but also what I know. And so as if this isn't enough, it's like we, we have to, we seek our value in finding information, taking in information, being in the know, what's going on in society, what's going on on social media. And so we scurry around to all these places, and then when we have a second to like take a break, we're like taking in all the information we can, whether that's from your news source or that's from uh, social media or... Um, wherever it is because I want to be in the know because my value is tied to what I know. And so I can't stop being informed because then my value might drop. Are you tracking with me? And then unfortunately though, when we go down that cycle of I got to know all the information, well, some of the information that I have, it might not like agree with the people around me and the information and the decisions that they've made, right? And so just because I'm informed, my values is tied to that. How many of you know that sometimes that information creates drama? And if it doesn't create it, sometimes we go looking for it, right? We don't just need to fill our minds with information and a news source, but we go looking for the dirt. We go looking for the drama. We don't take time to rest from all this craziness, we've now gone and we're searching after it. And we're filling our minds with the drama. And when you put all of these together, it just develops a life of chaos. I don't need that one. Uh, It develops a life of chaos. And we don't stop. The reason resting is hard is because we don't Because we find our value in all these things, and we get so used to a life of chaos that the thought of stopping and resting is, like, foreign. Like, it's like I can't even understand it. Like, this is life, and so to stop and rest. And so um, we live in this culture that has created our value system is based on these things, and then Jesus says, come to me who are burdened who carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. You know, I don't think that God just gives random thoughts and rules for the sake of throwing rules out. I think that this is an invitation to us of a new way of life, that we don't have to live this way anymore. So why are we gonna rest? Why do we rest? If I didn't paint a gross enough picture of all of this down here. Uh, Why do we rest? Psalm 23, verses one and two says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I, I just think this verse is funny. Like, what does that say about us that he has to make us lie down in green pastures? How many of you have ever tried to put down a, a toddler for a nap? Yes? Yes? Yes, this toddler that's like uh, just grumping hard, and you're like, it's time for a nap, and they're like, but I'm not tired, and you're like, you're really tired, you just need to come with you, you just need to trust me, you just need to take a nap, but I'm not sleepy, you know, and they're, they're moaning and groaning all the way, and they get to their bed, and you lay them down, and before you can even close the door, like, they just, like, pass out cold, That's like the picture I get when it says he makes me lie down in green pastures that he's like, come on, come on over here. And we're like, but I'm not tired, but they need me, but I don't wanna do it. But you know, as soon as we make that choice, as soon as we come, as soon as we listen to his call, his invitation, we come and we lay down and rest. You know what? We pass out hard. We rest really, really well, and in that moment we realize he was right. I did need this, and not only was he right, but he's really, really good to bring me to this place of green pastures and to make me lie down and take this rest. So why do we rest? Number one is because rest reminds Because when I'm in this cycle, when I'm living in this crazy, it's hard for me to see past what's going on in my life. But when I take that step away and I come to Jesus for rest, I'm reminded of who he is and where my value lies. It's not in what I know and how I can perform and what I can produce, my value is in him. And I'm reminded that he is a good shepherd That we are his infinitely loved sheep and we can rest. So why do we rest? Because it reminds us, it reminds us that he's good. Number two, why rest? is because rest restores. Psalm 23 says, he restores, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You know, that word restore, it means to, to bring back or to put back something to its former or original state. And I believe the original state, when it says he restores my soul, the original state that God is longing to restore us to is what he created us for in the beginning, which was uh, uh, intimacy and unity with him. And it's what he sent Jesus to die for. And it's what he's offering when he says, come to me who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. He's, he's restoring our souls back to that place of unity with him. And so um, I, I, want to, I want you to know this. So when I talk about rest though, I think sometimes when we think about rest, we know we're gonna talk about Sabbath. Like we think about just sleep, like taking a nap. Okay, and or a day off. I this is the rest we're talking about here. First of all, it's not just for a day of the week. But even when we think about stepping away and working six days and taking that day day of rest, it's not just laziness. Okay, it's not just lounging around. How many of you have been like on a Wednesday or Thursday at work, just like I cannot wait till Saturday. I'm doing nothing. I'm gonna lay on that couch. I'm going to binge watch something. It's going to be so relaxing. I'm not doing anything. And then you do that, and then you get up to go to bed that night, and you're like, I'm so tired. Like, why am I so tired? This is supposed to be my rest. Because I think the true rest that Jesus is offering is restorative. It's not just like lazy. So let's not get those two confused, because we really need to be intentional with our rest, what kinds of things fill us up. But Um, You know, when I say restorative, when he's trying to restore us back to this original state, this this unity with him, which is what he's desired all along, when I live my life in this state, like, I can't really hear what he's saying. Like, I can't really, I can't always hear what he's saying. His voice gets drowned out by the chaos. It gets drowned out by the busyness. Um, But I love this about Jesus, is that he's not just like, hanging out over here in a green pasture and yelling at us from over here like, hey, you're working a little hard over there. Didn't you learn your lesson last time? You know, he doesn't yell at us from afar and and tell us all the things that we need to change, but he invites us into this sweet space where we can be fed and when it says he restores my soul, sometimes the, the, the moments that we come and we spend with Jesus where he restores our soul, sometimes those moments he's just saying, you know what? I'm really proud of you. You know, that sacrifice that you made to support that missionary, I saw that and I'm going to use that. Or that gift that you gave that of your time that thing that you did for that friend or that family member when you really didn't have the extra time, you know what? I saw that and I am proud of you. So sometimes he's restoring our souls because he's, he's encouraging us, he's reminding us, um, he's, he's pointing out the areas of our lives that we've done really, really good and he's feeding us. But, but sometimes he, you know, this is a safe space. I can't really hear him very well over there, but I come into this safe space and he, he restores my soul by also showing me some areas that I can grow in. You know, like, like uh, Beth, this area where you've just been working constantly. You've just been working all the time. Beth, I have more for you than that. You're my child. Your value is in me and the fact that you are mine. Like you don't need to work so hard. Let's talk about that let me help you figure that out. Because, you know, if you go to restore an old piece of furniture, um, you don't just walk in with a can of paint or a can of stain and start slopping stuff on and expect it to be what it was before. You have to scrape off some of that, the edges, right? You have to scrape off some of the the nicks and the things that have have happened uh, to that piece of furniture. You have to scrape off some of the gunk before it can be fully restored. And that's what he does when it says he restores my soul. It's less about napping and more about healing and letting God do his restorative work from a safe space in our hearts. Number three, why rest? is because rest rejuvenates, which means give new energy or vigor to or revitalize. We rest so we can find the strength to keep doing what God's called us to do. And where does, the str- where does our strength come from? What does the Bible say about it? You know, we, um, Jesus invites us, you know, come to me who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. And we, we make that choice. We step away from our, our life and we come and we rest and he feeds us and he encourages us and he restores us. And what is the natural outflow of that is to celebrate we got to celebrate the goodness of God. And how many of you know that God commands us to celebrate? Like over and over and over again in the scripture. If just a quick Google search will tell you uh, that the word celebrate is in the, I don't know, NIV translation, 83 times. And that's just the word celebrate. That's not every time they use the word feast or festival, but the Bible is filled with God commanding us to celebrate. So here I've been in this place. I've, I've, um, I've, you know, enjoyed rest. I've enjoyed these green pastures. I've spent time with Jesus and he's restored my soul. The natural outflow is for me to celebrate because I am so filled with joy. And what does the Bible say about joy? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So how do I get the strength? to go back out and fight those battles, it comes from a place of rest. So what does that look like? Like practical, like I'm a really practical person, I wanna know what that looks like. When I say the word rest, here's just some very, very practical things for you. Um, number 1. Actually, these aren't even numbered on here. I don't know why I said number 1. It is a list if you want to make a list, but okay. First one is this. Work 6 days and rest for 1. That's the model that Jesus or that God the Father modeled for us uh before the fall of man. So, um, you know, let's just take our lead from that. You know, I'll just tell you this. There's always going to be reasons not to. Like, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be excuses. And um, it's not about being legalistic and, and uh, making sure we're following all the rules. Um, it's about our heart. And so um, that's just what God did. So that's a good model for us. Work six days and rest. But on that day, what um, rest, on that day when we're really resting is you need to rest your mind, body, and soul. Okay, Rest your mind. Give your mind a break from the information. This world will keep moving on. It will keep rotating on its axis without me knowing exactly what went on in the entire world today. Okay? So rest your mind from information. That might be news. Maybe you need to just turn the news off for a day. It might The information might be your email. Don't check your email if you don't have to. Um, unless it's your birthday, then you should check your email to get all your free stuff. So, or check right before. Okay, they usually give a window. Okay, so get it that, that week. But uh, turn your mind, your, um, maybe don't check social media. Think about it this way. Every post that I see from somebody in my life on social media has the potential to drain me. It, it might encourage me. But it also has the potential to drain me, and so on my day of rest, I am going to um, take the time and just say, like, I am not going to fill my brain with information that I just don't need to have right now. And you know, God in His sweetness, He 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 did this to me this week. He, um, I got up in the morning one day and I just a regular weekday. And I got up to read my Bible and I got, I, I can't say I got caught in the trap. Like I straight walked into the trap of Instagram and just started mindlessly scrolling while my coffee was being made. And then I went and sat down and then I just kind of kept scrolling and an, an embarrassing amount of time passed. And then I picked up my Bible and I started reading it. And it was in our reading plan that we're reading right now in version, and It was in Ephesians, and Paul says, I urge you, therefore, to live a life worthy of your calling. And again, when I was in the chaos, I wasn't ever going to hear that, but I took a step back. I spent some time with Jesus, and he was like, Hey, Beth, live a life worthy of your calling. That was some wasted time this morning. That was time that was not necessarily worthy of the calling that I've placed in your life. And you know, I've read that verse so many times and you kind of just think like sin, right? Like don't fall into really big sins. But that was again, Jesus and his sweetness in this place of rest, just being like, I've got more for you than that. I've got better for you than that. So when you take that day of rest, rest your mind, rest your body. You know, maybe you're in here and you work out all the days of the week and you work out really, really hard. That does not describe me, but it might describe some of you. Um, give your body a little bit of a rest. But re- remember we said rest isn't laziness. It's restorative. And movement is restorative for our bodies. So I would suggest that in on that day of rest, you do something to move. And that might just be a slow, leisurely walk, a couple of blocks. Um, but... Do something to move that's restorative for you and that's restorative for your body, wherever you're at on that. And then your soul. You know, um, we said this is a gift, a restorative gift, but it's also a discipline. But here's where all those other disciplines come in that we've been talking about the last several weeks. So on my day that I, full day that I'm choosing to rest, I'm going to rest my mind, I'm going to rest my body, but my soul as well. And that's where I bring in those other practices like studying the word, meditating on the word, um, worship, prayer. Those are the things that foster that restoration, that process that bring us into that place to be able to hear uh, what God's trying to say to us. So rest, rest your mind, body, soul. But this is, um, practically speaking, it's not just the one day of the week. Jesus didn't say, bring your burdens to the temple every Sunday. No, he just said, come to me and I will give you rest. And so this is an invitation for a lifestyle. So even on the the other days that I live my life, the other six that I still have the work that I need to do, like this is an invitation for me to do that though from a place of rest. And one of the ways that we can do that, besides just that time with Jesus in the morning, again, I challenge you, take a few minutes in the morning, maybe you're a night reader and you read your Bible at night, take a few minutes and get that day started off right. But as I'm working through my day, as I'm I'm spending time with Jesus in the morning throughout the day, practice just a pause. So set a timer on your phone if you need to for at noon or maybe four times a day, eight noon, four, eight, I don't know. Set a timer that goes off on your phone and when it goes, or an alarm, and then when it goes off, you set a one minute timer. And I'm gonna take this minute I'm going to not have any noise. I'm not going to have anything going on. I'm going to sit for a minute and think about the goodness of God. Can we just do that for a minute? I'm watching the timer. Ready, set, go. it's only 30 seconds. You have to do it for a minute when you're at home. But uh, you know what's cool is however many people are in this room, we were all thinking about a different aspect of God's goodness. Let's take just that minute and breathe in. And in that minute, it doesn't matter what's going on around me because I'm thinking about the goodness of God. And so practice that uh, throughout your day. And then another really practical thing that we can do to rest is to celebrate doesn't a love a good party? You know, when's the last time you threw a party to celebrate the day that you gave your life to Jesus? Friend, is that something worth celebrating? Over here, it's worth celebrating. Is the day that God saved you from being the road that was leading to eternity uh, separated from him, he saved you and put you on the road leading to him? Is that a day worth celebrating? Yes. How many of, you know, if you know somebody that's getting baptized, throw a party. Um, the milestones in your kids' lives, your, you know, birthdays. The, your birthday is another year of celebrating God's faithfulness to you. You woke up 365 more times breathing. Celebrate that. Invite somebody over. Go get some pie. Whatever you need to do, but celebrating is a practice of rest. That's how we put it to practice in our lives. You know, when I think about my sister's chair, um, they are using it more by the way, I've seen pictures since then. Um, When I think about my sister's chair and I think about this gift that they have that they weren't even using, and then I think about us how we have this gift of rest that we don't even that we don't even use. Like why wouldn't we choose it? Why wouldn't we do that? I, I I think there's a couple reasons that we don't. First of all, I think we we try to do it on our own way. Like we try to do it on our own terms. Right? Like, well, I know my body, I know, I love what I do. If you what is that? You love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life or whatever. I love what I do, so I'm good. But you know, we get caught in this cycle and we'd like try to do it our own way. So here's this green pasture, these still waters that Jesus is inviting us to and we just like try to like take a nap in the middle of all this mess, you know? And by take a nap, I mean like hide from it. And by hide from it, I mean like scroll mindlessly through our phones. I just gotta escape. I just, I just need an escape. I just need like a minute, but it's not rest. So we try to do it on our own and it doesn't work or we don't like to admit that we need it. You know, we're calling these the, the retreat disciplines, rest, Sabbath, uh, celebration, the retreat disciplines. And, you know, this is what we think about with a retreat, right? Like a retreat center, I'm going to get away, and I'm gonna, it's going to be quiet, and I'm going to hear from Jesus. But, you know, the, the word retreat is often is also used, like, in war. And when there's a battle that's, that's raging, and when, when someone or a, a, some troops are fighting, and they realize the enemy is advancing faster than I can fight. Like, I'm not prepared. We are not equipped to fight this battle right here, right now. And so they use that word retreat because we need to step back. We need to step back from the fight for just a minute and regroup because we're not prepared to fight. And that's why we call it these, that's why we, we lump them together. We call them the retreat disciplines because it's not just about taking a day off. It's about having what we need to fight the battles that are before us. And if we don't take the time to rest, to um, accept that invitation that Jesus gives, we run the risk of not having the strength that we need to fight. And so when when he leads us beside Still waters. He he makes us lie down in green pastures. He also invites any who are weary and heavy burdened come to me, and I will give you rest. And so I don't think that what he meant was in the middle of this. Okay, every Sunday I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do, and then and, and sometimes during the day I'll practice the pause, and I'll come over here. But I think when he says you who are weary and burdened come to me and I will give you rest. I think he's saying, come to me with the burden. Bring the burden to me. You don't have to live over here. This is your life. Like this is the life I'm offering. That you bring those burdens here, that you sit in this green pasture and I feed you. Like, I know what you need. Like, you can bring the burdens to me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And while you're here, we can talk about the chaos that you've been choosing and how we can work through that. But you know what it also says in the Bible, in uh, Psalm 23? It says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And so we come to him with these burdens. We come to him with this fight that we're fighting. We retreat because we don't have the strength to go on. And he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And he says, You don't have to live that way anymore. You can live from this place of rest with me and let me help fight those battles. And this is the life he's offering, this this is the gift that he's giving. We just have to choose it, we have to discipline ourselves. We have to discipline ourselves to eat a picnic with Jesus in a green pasture. <laughs> like, what is this life that we have, this beautiful life that we have that we get to, li- that we get to live? But we just have to choose it. And you have been reading um, Jeremiah 6, 16, where it says, look to the ancient. Can you put that up there, that last one on the screen? This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But this last line we haven't been reading, but you did not walk in it. How silly it would be to live in a life of chaos when he offers us rest he offers restoration for our souls he offers um, the joy the strength to continue to fight and he offers to fight with us but we have to choose it we have to choose it daily we have to choose it weekly we have to make that choice I've asked the worship team to sing a song, and you guys can come up if you want at this point. I've asked them to sing this song. It was resonating in my heart this week. And uh, I just want us to, you know, I just want us to take a chance to respond to what the Lord is saying. Because I believe that he's speaking something to each of us, and each of us has a step to take, but it might all be different. Maybe you're here today and you've never taken that step of even that Jesus saying, come to me. Maybe you've never come to Jesus and begun, begun a relationship with him. And maybe that's the step that you need to take today. Maybe some of you are like, oh, I will take a day off work. That's my step. Some of us, we just need to get away and we need to spend time with Jesus on a daily basis. We need to turn the screens off. Some of us are losing some battles. We're not giving up. We're not avoiding the things that are going on. But some of us need to pull back and just say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to fill me up and get me ready to do what you've called me to do. So I've asked the team, they're going to sing this song. And and the words, there's there's a couple of lines in there that just say, Uh, there's nothing else for me, none but Jesus. And I think that's the choice that we have to make, that we just have to say, you know what, this promotion that I've been working towards, that I've been working every day for the last 10 years to get it, you know what, it's just not worth it. It's not worth my soul. Jesus, you're worth more than that. This drama that I create, this value that I find in knowing all the in, information about everybody in the world and everything that's going on in everybody's life, that value that I found, it's not worth it. My brain, my mind space, it's not worth it. There's nothing for me but Jesus. But the words of the song say, When you call, I won't refuse. When you call, I won't delay. So I believe Jesus is calling us today. Let's not be the people that saw the way they should walk and didn't. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.